This is Why Libertarian, the show dedicated to telling the stories of libertarians new and old, promoting libertarian values, and fighting against authoritarians, statists, feds, and anyone else who would like to steal your liberty and freedom. I am Matthew Strzok, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this episode. Enjoy. And we are live. It is Friday. This is Why Libertarian. Uh, another beautiful Friday episode here. I am live Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. So thank you for everyone. If you're a regular, if you're brand new, um, as usual, please just like, comment, subscribe, share, hit the notification bell, uh, and also retweet and get this out there because um, tonight we're going to have an awesome libertarian candidate. But every single night we got something really high value really important issues that we're talking about it. Obviously, we're always coming at it from a position of liberty liberty, and, you know, libertarian principles. So uh, definitely get this out there to whoever can benefit from it. So without further ado, um, I have a candidate that is running for office as a libertarian down in the great state of Texas. I want to welcome Nathan Polsky to the show. Nathan, how's it going? Hey, thanks, Matt. It's going well. Good, good. Awesome. Uh, so uh, just for anyone who's not familiar with you, um, you know, where are you running and um, kind of like, who are you? What's your background? Sure. So I'm running uh, city council in Allen, Texas. Uh, my background, uh, zero political background, <laughs> which I think is uh, one of the things that I, helps or, you know, brings me down to the same level as everybody else. Mm. Um, uh, I'm in IT. Uh, I do pre-sales, uh, software delivery. Before that, I've been doing uh, system administration, networking, uh, just computer maintenance. Uh, and then before that, I was doing, I was bagging groceries. I was stocking shelves. I was waiting tables. Yep. So kind of, you know, I've been in the service industry, industry a long time. Awesome. So uh, you said you don't have a political background. Um, what really kind of compelled you to run i mean like is this something that was a, a recent decision or have you kind of like wanted to get into this for a while uh yeah so and, and I, i've had a few forums uh in person and uh on zoom and where i kind of go with that is before last year i really didn't care too much about politics i just wanted to be left alone wanted to go to work and you know just live my life um with the um, amount of overreach that the government you know, threw down last week, or not last week, last year, you know, closing businesses and just seeing all the information going around where people were ignoring facts, they were shunning people for not uh, listening to the government. Um, I felt that, you know, somebody has to get in here and you know, make, a, make their voice heard, you know, make a stand. Uh, so, uh, when Joe Jorgensen was running for president last year, uh, I started to really start paying attention to politics, uh, seeing what all the candidates, candidates were saying. And then I, I got interested. It's like, okay, well, libertarianism is very difficult to pull, you know, to achieve at the federal level, at the, the highest level, because you're trying to play ball with the, with the heavy hitting, heavy hitters. Uh, so change is you know change starts locally so that's where i was like okay well let's start local let's see can can i make a change can i come in here and get people to understand what it means to be free what it means to have liberty um and then based on you know if if i can make a change let's let's go up from there yeah no that's awesome i i love that because um i think all too often you know some some folks in the in the libertarian party and liberty movement um, they think like you have to hit a home run and that's the only way that you're successful. But really, I, I love the, the direction that you're coming at it from. Give me a sense of Allen, Texas. So I've, I've written a little bit of business in like my, my you know, nine to five life in Allen, Texas. My understanding is that it's kind of a, a growing area of like commerce and business and things like that. Is that accurate? And, and what is Allen kind of uh, like just in, in terms of a, a population center there? Sure. Uh, so 20 years ago, Allen was tiny. Um, now we're almost at full full development. There's very little land left that you can put infrastructure on. Um, the population is just shy of 110,000. Uh, wow. So, okay. 
compared to some of our neighboring towns, uh, the one just south of us uh, is double that, um, and also five times as large. So, um, so yeah, uh, you'll, a lot you'll of growth piled on top of each other. <laughs> yeah, we're we're piled on top <laughs> of each other, and uh, one of the one of the other candidates. Uh, um, so right now for city council, there's three places that are currently open. Uh, one has an incumbent. The place that I'm running for does not have an incumbent, so it's I'm running against five other uh, individuals um, uh, in an open seat. Uh, the challenge with Allen is that it's a, it's an at-large city, so each council member represents the entire city. You don't have districts to break that up. Hmm. So when I go out and uh, when I start trying to spread word to say, hey, come vote for me, I have to hit a hall of 110,000 individuals. Um, looking at the people who've actually voted before, it's only about 5,000. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. So a very, very small number of individuals. Um, but yeah, uh, one of the other candidates, uh, they've brought this number up where uh, Allen is one of the densest populated cities in Texas at just, shy, just over 4,000 people per square mile. Mm. Uh, that's how densely populated we are. It's mostly residential. Uh, there are some mixed communities where you've got some uh, commerce uh, and some uh, uh, apartments. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, it's going to be most of that residential population. Yeah. So a buddy of mine who's watching uh, operates a, a nonprofit here in New Jersey that advocates for um, civil rights and constitutional rights. He's uh, He said his wife and he were this close to moving to Allen, Texas back <laughs> in 2017. So... Uh, that's awesome. So, yeah, no, I've I've heard good things. So, I mean, is it just a matter of um, what, like some, like things are just so dense that, um, you know, what are the issues that come with that or, or what specifically are you looking to try and like take the edge off of if, uh, if and when you win this seat on the council? Uh, so one of the biggest concerns that I've heard a lot of citizens and residents complaining about is property taxes. Mm. Uh, the, Just they, give me give me an example. Since I live in New Jersey, make me envious. <laughs> what, what are uh, property taxes like in Allen, Texas? <laughs> so property taxes, uh, the current property tax rate, I believe, is forty nine cents per hundred dollars, and that's just for the city. So you've also got the school uh, taxes on top of that. Yeah. Um, they just lowered the taxes, uh, the tax rate, I believe, a couple of years ago, uh, but. They didn't lower it enough so that when all the appraisals, all their homes got reappraised, even at the lower property taxes, people ended up paying more. Uh, so that's been a big, uh, a big discussion in a lot of our debates is I, you know, zero dollar tax would be preferred uh, if we can get there. Um, but a lot of the other candidates are going with a here's the no new revenue tax. And they keep throwing this around where it's lowering the property taxes enough to that. Once the homes get appraised that you're not mm -hmm. paying more. Um, okay. I, I think, the, uh, I think these property taxes are probably going to be the, one of the biggest hitters there. Yeah. And what's interesting is you said, so the property tax bill is somewhat separate from the, the school taxes. Is that right? Like, yes. so a home right. Gets so the, Right. So uh, at the end of the year, when my uh, when my escrow gets hit from my mortgage, uh, it, I can look at my tax bill and I see here's the school taxes and here's the prop the city, uh, city and county property taxes. Uh, oh, wow. So the the school board themselves get to dictate how much they're charging for taxes, which the city council really can't affect. Um, city council can come in there and say, well, here's what the property tax rate is for your, for your resident, for your residential and your business locations. Hmm. That's interesting. So um, that's different than a lot of other places because uh, like here in Jersey, it's all wrapped into one, right? And so mm -hmm. if you look at our tax bill, which is exorbitant, I mean, like I just kind of did some back of the napkin math, like, so like a $250,000 house in Allen, Texas, right? Is probably paying what, a couple grand in property tax? Yeah, my, my house appraises uh, around 340,000, uh, which I learned is the average for <laughs> Allen. So okay. Uh, uh, I think I've got that going as well, but I think last year my per property tax, my tax bill at the end of the year was around sixty six hundred. Oh, okay, all right. That's combined everything included. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, here in Jersey, uh, depending on the area there that you're in, that three that three fifty you know three hundred fifty thousand dollar house, it's probably gonna run you like maybe nine nine or ten grand depending on the area. If it's South Jersey or West Jersey where they actually have cows and farmland and stuff like that, <laughs> it's less than that. Um, but uh, no, it's it's and two thirds of it is the school. Like that's mm-hmm. always what it is. It's two thirds of it is always the the public school district. Um, does Allen have its own dedicated public school district, or is it, it kind of like uh, aggregated with anyone around you? Yeah. So uh, the the school the school district in Allen. Uh, I mean, there's. I grew up in Plano, which is just south. Or I grew up in Richardson, which is two towns south. But I went to Plano schools, which is mm-hmm. just south. Uh, so my experience with the school district is a lot different than the way Allen is set up. I had to bus to school every single day until I got a car and then I could drive, you know, 15, 20 minutes to school. And yeah. Allen, uh, because Allen is so much smaller, all of each, uh, each neighborhood has its own elementary school. And those are going to be all K through five or K through six. Mm-hmm. And then it all gets into one high school. Okay. Uh, and I, the elementary schools don't bus, so everybody either walks or they uh, ride their bike or their parents drop them off. That's interesting. That that's uh, so. I, at least you don't have to pay for the busing piece of it. So that's that's one. There expense. are buses for the. I think the middle school has buses. I do see a bus come by every now and then. Yeah. Um, but then once they get into the high school, I, I still buses, but that one's just right down the road from me. Yeah. Well, so uh, and then let me ask you. So the the so the council doesn't really affect the school budget, is that right? So what is it? The 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 separate elections for say the board of ed or whatever. Yeah, is there's really what dictates how that budget works. Yeah, there's actually uh, so May first is the uh, general election date for city council for the three open seats. Uh, there's also three open seats for the Allen ISD board. Uh, okay. So the Allen ISD has its own board. Uh, basically their own council where they're making their their own rules and uh, regulations for the uh, school itself school board schools itself okay no that that's that's also interesting so it's like separate completely separate leadership and Mm -hmm. (laughs) i i guess are the politics separate or do they kind of bleed over between the two uh i think the politics are fairly separate i mean if, if you have a school issue you go to the school board you don't go to city council that's interesting. That's really interesting. I uh, all right. So let me. I, I kind of got like a sense of it. Is 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 Allen still growing? Like is Allen still attracting people and mm-hmm. you know adding population and adding you know businesses and and residential units and things like that? It is. There's. Uh, we have a, a couple major highways that run. One that runs right through the middle of Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's effectively already. Uh, built up and then we have another one that runs just uh, east to west along the northern corridor of the city and there's a lot of undeveloped land there uh, Hmm. where they have uh, different projects that are going on so there's these mixed communities where they have commercial lined up against the highway itself Hmm. Uh, then within uh, a half mile of that they've got apartments and patio homes and parks and these are all planned development yeah. So yeah, I probably a lot of the people from New Jersey are moving there. California. <laughs> California. A lot of people from California yeah. moving here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've definitely heard a lot of people talk about areas in and around Allen, Texas, in terms of you know mm-hmm. uh, New Yorkers, New Jerseyans, uh, Californians talking about moving there. Um, all right. Well, so l- let's talk a little bit about your platform. So I want to make sure yeah. that we're kind of like highlighting, you know who you are as a candidate and, and what you're going to look look like as a, you know, a member on the council. Uh, if my computer will work here, I can pull up your website. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So if anyone wants to get information, I think this is right. It's Nathan for the number four, Allen, A-L-L-E-N, 2021.com, right? Yep. That's right. Awesome. All right. And so in terms of your platform, what would you say? I know you have most of like the major ones listed here. I don't know if they're prioritized, mm-hmm. but, but, from your standpoint, what's like the top issue that you really want to kind of focus on uh, once you get into the council? Uh, so once I get it, if I, assuming I can get in, uh, my two primary issues, uh, I've got two or three different uh, primary issues. One is going to be private property rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
if you own a business, if you, you, you own a home, do what you want. As, lo as long as you're not breaking any ordinances uh, that the city has voted on, uh, we, we keep having people going to the city council meetings asking, oh, we want to do this or we want to do that on the property. So if you own the property, you should be allowed to do what you want. Um, we just had uh, last year, back in March, the at then mayor uh, put a put a mandate and started shutting down businesses as part of the pandemic. And mm -hmm. no one should be allowed to do that. Uh, so it's pushing back against the government saying, Here, here's what you can and can't do with their businesses. If you want to require masks, then require masks. But let the business decide. Uh, yeah. So that that's one of them. Uh, another big one that I've got, and um, one of one of my opponents actually said, "Hey, if you want if you want decriminalization, there's a candidate here for you." I'm like, "Thank you, that's me." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I really, you know, again, it, it, it's it's your body, it's your life, it's your choice. Uh, no, no government should be telling you what you can and can't put in your body, um, as long as you know, don't hurt somebody else, don't tell somebody else what they can do or can't can or can't do there should be no crimes against that. Uh, yeah. There's been a couple of issues recently and I really don't want to add it as part of my platform where uh, some things have happened to residents that's because they were smoking, because they had marijuana on them or something else. We just had protests because somebody died while in police custody. Um, and it's like, that wouldn't happen if these things were decriminalized, if, these, if there was not laws to do this. Uh, and trying to lower the taxes uh some of the other my opponents are saying well police and fire need more money we want to lower taxes but police and fire need more money well, my response to that is well you can lower the taxes and by decriminalizing the police and you know the police are be going to be less burdened so you right. don't need to add funding to them because they're going to be responsible for less debt yeah uh so well, those are they, big I'm, I'm i'm sure that went over well <laughs> with the police officers. <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't bring that one up in the GOP forum because everybody there was part of the GOP and I didn't think that would be a, a good selling point. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I, I've made it known that, you know, I, uh, discussing in the budget, uh, you know, saying I want, you know, I want to get the budget. You know, uh, Some people will say, well, let's lower the taxes and see what we can do with the budget after that. Well, to me, it's let's let's start at a zero dollar budget. Let's lower the taxes enough to where people are, you know, feel that's comfortable. And yeah. now let's see what we can fit in the budget. Um, and another, uh, as far as the you know, the pro property rights um, and the and the property taxes and budget, also pushing for privatizing uh, public infrastructure. Hmm. Uh, so I last year I started looking into public-private partnerships. I don't know if you're aware of what those are. Yep. Um, but I looked and uh, one of the one that really got me sold was Central Park in New York is managed by a public-private partnership. It has a eighty or sixty million dollar annual uh, budget. Mm -hmm. That eighty-five percent of that is handled through donations and. So only 15% of the park is uh, comes through taxes. I'm like, okay, if they can do that, yeah, then all of the public parks that we have, we have a rec, we have a, a rec center, uh, or we have an event center that's not used very often. It's a really nice event center, uh, but the city manages it, and yeah. I'm like, well, you know, we get a private company in there, say, here's what we need. They can do it cheaper. They can make money on it. They can pay the city to do it, and everybody wins because yep. we can not have to shell out the hundreds of thousands of dollars each year to keep it operating. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's a very viable solution. I think, um, and and you're right. If if New York, the 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 bastion of freedom <laughs> <laughs> that is New York, mm. can pull something like that off, I would think that you know. A, a city in Texas will be able to do the same. Um, no, I think that's fantastic. I Let me ask you about the decriminalization because I've talked to a couple of folks from Texas, um, mm -hmm. uh, one uh, a candidate and, and one a, a resident there who's kind of like doing some activism. And the, the conversation has usually sounded like, all right, there is this overwhelming support 
for legalization and decriminalization in the state of Texas. And it just happens that the the politics, or specifically the politicians, are the ones that are completely pushing back um, against the you know the the public will. And I'm just wondering, like you know, what what you think that that stems from? Is it just a matter of um, you know fear? Is there some all you know other issue that they're kind of like? You know, falling back on thinking that you know, even if we decriminalize here, it's going to cause another issue. Um, I'm just wondering what your take is on that. Uh, so I think there's a couple uh, components in play there. Um, I mean, for starters, Texas is a red state, uh, so you've got a lot of the GOP here that you know Republicans that just they think, oh well, you know, smoking marijuana should be illegal and you should go to jail. You know, it's hard the time. devil. It's the devil. Um, (laughs) So, and that's what a lot of our politicians are. We do have some Democrats uh, that are in in some seats, and I think they push for decriminalizing or legalization. Mm -hmm. Uh, Austin, you know, the state capital, has actually decriminalized marijuana. Um, And I think some people like to point to it as both a... Uh, showing that, hey, look, cities in Texas can decriminalize it without what this, you know, regardless of what the state or federal law says. Yeah. And, or B, hey, look how trashy Austin is right now because of all this decriminalization and people are smoking everywhere and people are lined up along the sides of the road. Yeah. Uh, so it's, kind of, it's hard to juggle that. Uh, a lot of the big cities in Texas are all blue. Uh, so a lot of their policies are going to fall in line with that. Yeah. Um, but I think it just comes down to, you know, years of, well, here's what the law says, so that's what we want to stick with, and they don't yeah. want to change. Yeah, and, and that's actually, um, so we do, uh, we do a, a book club every single month, and so we've run through a handful of them. The one that we're reading right now is Nullification um, by Tom Woods. And uh, so, yeah, your, your point is extremely well-founded. Like, you can take local action and um, the, the aggregate of taking local, local action can, in, in essence, nullify or invalidate, you know, the centralized uh, authority that's higher up the chain and essentially kind of force their hand. So uh, I, I would love for that to happen in more cities in Texas just to show what can happen when you have a state house that is basically immovable on an issue and the local towns and municipalities essentially, you know, put their feet to the fire in order to, you know, require it. Or just it, it becomes a formality because, you know, you have so many places where it has been decriminalized. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about COVID a little bit. So um, uh, what was the what was the tenor around Allen, Texas? I know there's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of, you know, publicity nationally about your governor, you know, taking the reins off or lightening up on the reins recently, mm-hmm. um, to which I was like, well, well, why did he even <laughs> lock down in the first place? Right. But um, that being said, I mean, what was it like in Allen, Texas? Because I've heard that even though the governor removed some of these mandates and restrictions and things like that, that some of the cities have, you know, Austin being one of them, have still tried to keep some of these things in place. So is Allen similar to that? Or how has that played out since, you know, March of last year? Uh, so it's been very interesting. Um, the as you know, as I was saying before, the previous mayor did start lock, you know, start started lockdowns last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he was trying to put mandates in, um, but that was that was removed uh, sometime mid summer of okay. 2020. Um, as far as the city goes, the uh, the council has put no mandates in place. So uh, they have not put any requirements. The only requirements that have been put in place were uh, what the governor had said. Um, but, at, you know, going along those lines, he, you know, per the Constitution, he can't make those rules. He, he, can't, he can't force businesses to require masks. He cannot force businesses to close. So the, biz, the local businesses here, uh, they did put up signs on their doors that says you were required to wear a mask. I was not turned away from any business by walking in without a mask. 
So there, there's one business and that was to get my hair done. Uh, they required you to wear a mask and I'm like, okay, well, I'm getting a beard trim too. So you're taking that off. What's the point of the mask? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that was, but that was their policy. So it's like, okay, I, I can live with the one, one time a month to yeah. put a mask on. Uh, but every other business I've walked in, no mask, no one's asked me to leave. No one's, you know, they offered a mask. I'm like, no, I'm good. And they're like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, we we do have that weird split dynamic where you have a lot of people that are still pro masks. Um, very interesting. There's actually a Facebook group. Um, I don't know if it still exists or if it's been uh, taken down. It was called Collin County Mask Warriors or Mask Holes or something like that. And it was a group <laughs> that their sole purpose was to find people that were not wearing masks, take pictures of them, and blast them on social media saying, look, this person's you know, ignoring the mask mandates. The incumbent for one of the other places was a member of that group, is a member, and was you know, posting pictures on there as well. So it's like, okay, that's the type of person this is. Yeah. Um, but no, I... With uh, with the exception of social media people trying to out each other and saying, "Oh, just wear just wear a mask," um, the businesses have been great. Um, once Abbott uh, rescinded his uh, order, all the small businesses around here just ripped down their signs. Uh, so I can walk into a small a small local business, mm-hmm. and they don't have a sign up. Their employees may still wear a mask. They may still be behind plexiglass. Some of them may not. Um, it's the chains that you're still going to see have the signs up, but sure. they don't enforce anything. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm telling you, you're, you're, you're explaining something that seems like Shangri-La compared to, um, <laughs> North Jersey or, or just New Jersey in general. That's for sure. Um, so, so that's good. And, and you know, what's interesting is after all the hoopla and everything like that, once the mandate comes down and, and the numbers don't exactly jump through the roof. In fact, I think they're actually down since that yeah. time happened. Um, it, it's, it, it kind of, it should be a bigger story than it is. Right. But it just doesn't fit the narrative. So I, I think it kind of like it's brushed under the rug. Um, I, let me ask you about, so I, you are a big proponent of like privatization and, and private public partnerships. Where do you stand on like understanding that you don't necessarily have, you know, this isn't necessarily your, your realm of purview if you were to be on the council, but um, you know, uh, uh, like voucher program or privatizing um, school systems. Um, where do you kind of stand on that? And what do you think kind of like the future would look like if you had your druthers in Allen, Texas? Uh, so I'm a huge proponent of school choice. Um, I don't think we should be paying or using tax dollars to pay for schools. Um, mm. uh, to me, to me saying, you know, saying, okay, here's where you live. So here's where your child has to go to school means that the school just has to get by. They just have to do the bare minimum because they get, they get their, they get paid regardless. Um, by a private audience. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you're forcing someone to go there, but by giving people school choice, these, the schools, if they still want to receive tax dollars, make the schools work for it. Mm. The schools would need to give better educations to the children so that families can say, well, this, you know, this school, you know, sure, I'll have to drive 10 minutes to take my child to this school over here in Allen. But that school does better. That school has a better, better curriculum. The children there are, are not necessarily smarter, but they're, they're getting a, a better education. And it's going to force schools to actually, you know, work for it. Yeah. I, and, and have to compete against each other, right? Like Exactly. I mean, that that's the beauty of it, and um, so the biggest the biggest anti uh, vote or voice in the whole school school choice debate is typically the teachers unions. Um, in New Jersey, we have a very strong teachers mm-hmm. union. What's the state of you know unionized teachers in Texas, and you know do they they hold a lot of you know power in terms of the political process, or are they somewhat muted? I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, I don't know that much 
about the teachers unions or if they even have them here. Um, since that's not something that I can control um, yeah. from city council, but if I did went to the uh, ISD board, that would be something I could look into. Yeah. Um, we do, you know, we've got private schools. We've got a lot of people that are homeschooling here as well. Uh, there's actually uh, another member of the uh, Libertarian Party here in our county that runs a, uh, a private preschool or kindergarten uh, nearby. Mm -hmm. And she does not require any masks, no social distancing required at all. And all of last year, she's the only person who caught COVID, and that was when she was on a flight. <laughs> so uh, I would love to send my kids there, but one, it's a little bit too far away, and two, they don't. The, that school doesn't do um, K through five; it's, it's just pre K and kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. If the other schools were open like up like that, my kids have been doing uh, homeschool—not uh, homeschooling, but they've been doing distance learning this whole, yeah. this whole year. Uh, and I've already told my wife that if the schools are going to are going to require masks next year. Uh, and do the whole social distancing, the plexiglass, and everything else like that. I'm going to say, all right, we're throwing the kids out because I, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I and and I think uh, a lot of my community here in the Northeast have come to that conclusion as to conclusion too. If they're not going to, you know, provide any kind of school choice or anything like that, and there's going to be essentially, you know, this kind of uh, uh, kind of lockdown even in in the classroom or you know permanent uh you know basically learn from home i mean it's better to just starve the beasts just take the kids out of the system don't allow them to log having that many students at the at the particular yeah. school district and you know maybe even afford your kids a little bit of a better or more tailored education by doing it that way too um it's it's i think it's opened a lot of eyes i mean we're a lot of the people uh i, I i'd imagine it's a fairly red district there or, or red city in allen um you know were a lot of the people screaming like you know open the schools back up or because I, I was saying shut them down <laughs> i was saying get them closed <laughs> uh i haven't seen a lot of people shouting about that yeah. um and honestly i think the city itself uh was predominantly blue last election even though texas is red and a lot of there's a lot of red people uh here uh, i i think county wise or city wise it was predominantly blue in the presidential election yeah which which uh does explain the whole facebook group and the uh yeah <laughs> <the witch> hunts. <laughs> um so let me ask you about something that uh probably isn't as big of an issue because Texas takes a pretty firm stand on it, but um, just, you know, gun rights, like Second Amendment, um, Second Amendment gun rights in Texas. <laughs> I think recently, uh, what, the House in Texas just passed a um, constitutional carry um, bill, if, if I'm not mistaken, and I believe it heads to the Senate. Um, but uh, what's the state of the Second Amendment there? I mean, is it... Um, embraced locally or is there a, a strong push to try and actually restrict it uh so yeah the the house just met yesterday over the one of the bills to for constitutional carry uh i believe there were some amendments to it uh hmm. and they were going to discuss more today but yeah it should be heading to the senate soon um texas currently has a license to carry so you can you can carry a rifle a shotgun whatever you want um but any pistols, you do have to have a permit for, but it is an open carry uh, state. Um, that said, you know, I see lots of people, you know, they've got pistols on their hips. Uh, they've got them tucked, you know, behind, you know, underneath their shirts. Um, again, I think that's going to be split down the, the political lines, the political boundaries there. You've got a lot of people on the left that want to further restrict it. Just get rid of them all together so nobody can have guns you know, mm. except for the police um and then people on the right are saying no we need more uh, you know more freedom for that <clears throat> yeah is it uh is that a is that something com that comes up at the council level i would imagine it's just something that people kind of like i haven't heard about anything on the council level yet and i've been attending those now for the city council meetings for about five months now and not one mention of 
guns at all. Uh, mm-hmm. They're the uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I, if it's a non-issue, then that's probably better than it being uh, hotly contested, especially the direction that it seems like the state house is headed in. Yeah, I do. I've I've got uh, on one of my ads and some on my flyers that I've been sending out. Um, I've got pro the Second Amendment uh, sanctuary status. So regardless mm-hmm. of what the federal or the state governments do, I want to push for you know Allen being able to just Second Amendment rights. <laughs> I love that. I, I love that. I, it's it's right in with that, you know, that local kind of, uh, you know, nullification feel to it. And, and you know, uh, the, the local politics kind of uh, trying to dictate what happens higher up the chain as, as opposed to vice versa. Right. Um, so uh, why libertarian? I, I mean, why, uh, you know, not to, uh, <laughs> not to be the person <laughs> that recites the, own, the, the name of their own show, but... Um, you know, why, why the Libertarian Party? Why not, you know, Republican or Democrat? Uh, well, so I've never been a Democrat, uh, never, never looked at leaning that way. Um, I think when I first registered to vote, I registered as Republican mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, that's what I knew. I didn't even know libertarianism when I first registered to vote. I knew Republican, Democrat, which one are you? I'm like, okay, well, I'm not blue, so I'm red. <laughs> um, and... You know, once I started getting involved, you know, a few years ago and I started seeing what was going on, um, you know, I, I voted for Jorgensen last year. I voted for Johnson before that. Um, I voted for Johnson primarily because, well, it wasn't Trump and it wasn't Hillary. So <laughs> what are my other options? So I started. So that's when I started looking at, I'm like, what are other options other than these two? And that's when I found Libertarian. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, well, what is the Libertarian Party about? I'm like, all right, it's mostly right-leaning, you know, it's capitalism. Um, free markets, and then it also added in the you know giving rights back to the individual. You know, not telling, you know, having the not letting the government mandate and dictate what people can do. I'm like, okay, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, do you have an active Libertarian Party that's right there in your county? Uh, we do. So uh, Dallas County, which is uh, the the Metroplex, they have a Libertarian Party, and then I'm in Collin County. Uh, we meet monthly. Um, we just had a meeting uh, just today. Today's Friday, so it would have been Wednesday. We had a mm-hmm. meeting, um, and yeah, we we all meet together at a, uh, a local restaurant where it's op- it's BYOB and open carry. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think this month we have one of the largest turnouts that I've seen, where we had 20 plus people that were there. I, I think a couple of people in the Northeast just had a heart attack if they were listening to that. <laughs> um, no, that's that's awesome. So um, how did you get, like, did you have to do your own research and then seek out the party, or did you know someone, or did someone in the party kind so, of... So, funny story in? how I got, how I found the local party. The local party actually found me. Um, wow. I, I was somewhat active on Nextdoor, uh, you know, just keeping up with the, you know, community and whatnot. Yep. And I had made uh, a comment uh, on a post where somebody was complaining about something. I can't even remember what it was. It may have been taxes. Mm-hmm. And I started pushing, you know, taxation is theft, um, private property rights. And then somebody messages me and says, hey, I noticed that you're talking about all this stuff. Uh are you aware that there's a local, you know, Collin County Libertarian Party? We meet monthly. I'm like, no, I'm not. And so they invited me to the uh, to attend. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so yeah. just went from there. So it was complete chance uh, yeah. even finding that. That's awesome. I, I, I actually just did um, uh, this past week. I did a, an episode about um, being open and vocal about liberty because I think a lot of folks are like yourself where they just kind of want to be left alone. Right. They, they just want to, you know, make a good life, take care of their family, you know, li- live how they want to live. And I think in a lot of cases, this this year particular or 2020 has really kind of taken a lot of folks like yourself and kind of shook you into reality and been like m- myself included, like, OK, I can't just sit here because it's going to come for me eventually anyway. So mm-hmm. I need to be more vocal about it. So I love the fact that they reached out to you. It wasn't even the fact that you had to track them down 
-hmm. there was actually, you know, a hand extended and, and invited you in. Um, do you see your local party growing? I mean, are you adding members? We are. Uh, each meeting that I've been to, we've had one or two new members hmm. um, that have attended. Um, we are actually talking about trying to get like a, a local uh, baseball team or softball team together so we could, you know, go and play against in the community. We missed the deadline for that, but uh, we're looking at uh, things like that to try and get a, more more of us out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good branding marketing type stuff. I love that because... If anything, we do, I say we, but I think the Libertarian Party, Libertarian Party in general, um, just doesn't do that great job of kind of like marketing and branding. Um, yeah. And so I think that's a fantastic idea. Uh, what what do you, um, what's kind of like your campaign style? Like what's your methodology? Is it um, just kind of like lots of ground game? Is that what it is? Or is it a lot of kind of like, you know, ads and media, or is it a mix? What have you really kind of been targeting? So my campaign team in, uh, involves me. <laughs> that's, 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 that's about a it. a lot of times the way it goes. <laughs> uh, so, you know, trying to go up against, um, you know, individuals that, you know, other candidates that are backed by the GOP, that they're backed by the, uh, you know, the, the Texas Democratic Party. They have large teams and money available to them that, they're not paying with, they're not using donations to pay for stuff. You know, the, the parties are paying for things. Uh, the yeah. local groups are probably paying for things. The Libertarian Party is really small. It's really hard to do that. Um, so getting out there and getting, uh, you know, getting boots on the ground, it's, I haven't had the chance to do that. I just haven't had the number of the bodies to do that. Uh, yeah. So I've been running a lot of ads through Facebook um, where that's hopefully targeting the that are on the social media, it's hitting uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Facebook Messenger, where my ads are popping up. Um, I've got some uh, some flyers that I'm going to be uh, mailing out here on Tuesday, uh, so targeting some neighborhoods that way. Um, I was going to be targeting people that voted before, but some issues came up, and I'm unable to do that now, so now I'm targeting the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so... Um... That's that's also something that I think you you have early voting in Allen too, right? So mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are going to be able to vote before election day. Is that right? Right. So early voting starts next Monday. Uh, it's going to run through Saturday. There's no voting on Sunday, uh, and then it uh, ends on the 27th. So Monday, that Monday and Tuesday. Uh, then we get a few day gap before the general election on that Saturday. Yeah. That's that's an interesting dynamic because um, it really puts your, your the onus on you to try and get to people before that process starts, right? So um, I'd imagine you're in the thick of it right now. Um, it's it's uh, it's something that's an interesting dynamic that I don't think candidates have had to deal with nearly as much in the past, unless you lived in one of those really rare districts where a lot of it was like mail-in voting and whatnot or absentee ballots. Um, but uh, what's the what's the tenor of the campaign been? I mean, have a lot of people been receptive to your message? <laughs> um, you know, the, the one forum that I've been to in person, well, I've been to a couple in person. There was actually one that I had people show up to an audience. Uh, that was that was the Republican Party one. So of course, there's no mask requirements, you know, balloons and music and everything. And yep. the, uh, I had I got a lot of good reception after you know I debated you know, mm -hmm. uh, with some of the audience members. Some said that you know, unfortunately, they're currently backing the GOP candidate. Otherwise, they would probably vote for me uh, because a lot of my policies fit in line with that. Um, and some of my uh, ads on Facebook um, and talking with the community there, a lot of the kickback I get is from the decriminalization hmm. um, and, or the not letting the government go and enforce private properties, uh, you know, enforce mandates. You know, uh, there was one person that uh, they were uh, they were in a non-HOA residential area and they said they had a problem with one of their neighbors had a junky yard. It's like, okay, well, it's their yard. There's yeah. 
are, are they violating any city ordinances? If they are, okay, you can go deal with it that way. Um, but you don't have to call, go and call the cops on them because they're not cleaning up their yard. It's, it's their property. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, well, if, if the cops aren't going to enforce all of that, then everyone's just going to have a trashy yard. I'm like, you must think really low of every single one of your neighbors. <laughs> yes. Yep. No doubt that they do. They assume, <laughs> they assume everyone else sucks and they're awesome. That's, yeah, that's basically and- the way it goes. A lot of the a lot of the people that I've talked with or I've had interactions with um, feel that if if we do not have laws to enforce and the police to enforce those laws, that people are just going to start running amok and just throwing trash everywhere, and we're going to you know everything's going to be on fire. Like people don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. No. I the the the. Um... The boogeymen that people make up or they allow people to make up and stick into their minds is uh, it's the biggest impediment, I think, to to true freedom and liberty and, and you know, the, the libertarian principles. It's just these mm-hmm. kind of like self-inflicted, you know, boundaries or, or fears that really come up, which are which are really unfortunate. Um, I, in terms of uh, in terms of the overall race. Um, I mean, are you so in New Jersey, we're up against something similar. So uh, as opposed to being in an extremely red state, we're an extremely blue state. Um, And when it comes to running races, libertarian candidates are in a lot of cases, they're running a race that they they pretty much know that they're not going to win. Right. But they're winning it to get the message or they're running it to get the message out there. Right. And to Mm -hmm. to get people um, to kind of think differently and kind of shift that Overton window and present them something that maybe they've never heard before. Um, are, are you kind of attracting attention as a libertarian candidate? Like, has there been a libertarian candidate that's run in Allen for, you know, city council in the past? Not that I'm aware of. Um, and like I was saying earlier, you know, I didn't really get involved with politics until the last year, you know, last few years. Sure. Um, and nobody on the current city council is libertarian as far as I'm aware. They've never attended any of the meetings. Um, also in, I don't know if it's all of Texas, but at least in our county, uh, the city council and the uh, ISD board elections, they're all run as a nonpartisan uh, mm. races. Uh, that being said, that doesn't stop people from going out and say, hey, look, I'm being backed by the, D- uh, the Democrat Party or I'm being backed by the Republican Party. Um, those people also get called out on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. by, by the people saying, hey, this is a nonpartisan race. So uh, I've had the, the local libertarian party say, hey, do you want us to publicly announce that w- we support you in this race? I'm like, no, this is a nonpartisan race. Yep. Y'all can, as individuals, you're more than free to support me. But I would like to, you know, go along with that nonpartisanship and say, you know, I, I'm running nonpartisan. Granted, you look at my policies that I'm pushing for, you can tell it's not partisan. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's a libertarian policies, you know, through and through. Um, but we've got one candidate says he's running on a partisan election because he knows that's where the votes are at. But he wants to then uh, lead on city council as a nonpartisan uh, individual. It's like, okay, y- your partisan politics will play into how you vote on city council. That's usually because that's, where your 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 own uh, desires, your your stance on issues is where you line with your politics. So, regardless if you say you're nonpartisan or not, you're typically going to vote one way or another based on which party you're a member of. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's that that's a um, that's an interesting setup, really. I I I appreciate the fact that it's nonpartisan. Um, I think everyone pretty much knows, you know, which way the wind blows with each one of the candidates, like you said, you know, um, but, uh, I, I think that's an interesting setup. It's, it's also difficult though, from the standpoint, like you said, where, you know, even you don't have an R or a D next to your name, you know, the local party is supporting you in some, you know, fashion monetarily or, you know, uh, providing bodies for your campaign or something like that. Um, so I look, I, I wish you luck. It sounds like, uh, it sounds like you're you're coming up really close here to the election, and um, hopefully these last couple of days are really kind of fruitful for you. You're able to 
um, get in a lot of people people's ears and and get them to think a, a different way and, and really kind of um, show up for you. Uh, what what can we do? So I know uh, I'm going to throw the website up here again just so folks can see it. And uh, again, give everyone the website address again, and then where they can also follow you outside of just going to the website. Uh, sure. So the website is NathanForAllen2021.com. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, just Nathan for Allen. Um, you could also follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's going to be uh, at Judgment84. Uh, that one, I try and that one's a little bit more vocal uh, yeah. on a lot of my stances uh, and has a lot more federal uh, engagement uh, as opposed to keeping it local with Facebook. So if you want to see anything that is local oriented, then check out the Facebook page or check out my website. Um, really just letting people know that, hey, there's an election coming up to choose who the council members are. And if we've only had 5,000 households out of 110,000 people in the city voting, mm -hmm. that's not a majority of the population, you know, determining who, who's running, you know, running the city. That's an extremely small percentage. Yep. And, and that's, that's also a lot of room to potentially motivate people to get out and, and kind mm -hmm. of like take more control. Um, I, I think that's fantastic. Uh, let me ask you about the the Twitter handle. Uh, judge, where does judgment come from? Is this uh, I have like no a nickname? Idea. Or... Oh. Uh, <laughs> it, it's my Twitch handle. It's it's a few other handles. I, I when I first set up Twitter, I think I first made that account in like two thousand nine, and I it sat idle with like two followers for yeah. <laughs> so many years. <laughs> I uh, that's interesting. So it was just kind of like a you know it sounded good kind of. Mode, I, I think mode. I grabbed it out of a game or something at yeah. one point. I'm like, yeah, we'll just that sounds cool. We'll throw it on there, and you know, it's I, like, well, I've been using it for a few years, so I'm gonna keep using it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So yes, yeah, everyone follow Nathan. Uh, definitely, uh, we want to keep tabs, and and I want to hear how you do. Um, just to you know see if uh, we're able to kind of again you know, get that message out there and get people kind of thinking um, a, a more liberty uh, and freedom kind of route uh, in terms of their local politics. I would love to hear about that. And um, yeah, l good luck. I mean, if there's anywhere, any way that, uh, you know, I can help or get some messaging out, let me know and, you know, I'll, I'll definitely be there for you. So um, look, good luck. Um, I am off for the weekend, but uh, I will be back Monday. And actually, I'll have another candidate next weekend. I have the uh, Libertarian uh, Party candidate for governor here in New Jersey next weekend or next week on Friday, Greg Mealy. So that should be a good interview. So, um, look, have a good evening. Uh, hopefully you have a productive weekend, Nathan, <laughs> and um, we will keep tabs on you. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning in. This is a quick reminder to subscribe, like, share, and comment to help get the message of liberty and freedom in front of as many folks as possible. See you next time on Why Libertarian.